Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. I'm Pastor Ken Bear with Faith Dialogue. I'm one of the pastors here in Celebration, Florida. And you're joining us today on Resurrection Sunday. This is my Easter message. You know, and for centuries, the pastors on Easter Sunday would get up in front of the congregation and they would say, He is risen. And the response from the congregation would be, He is risen today. Uh, my message today, uh, I love speaking on, on Resurrection Sunday because, quite frankly, I've, I've got great material, great material. You see, the tomb, the tomb is empty. Now, there are four accounts of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to pick from. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all have the resurrection account. There's 11 verses in Matthew and actually 29 verses in John. Mark and Luke also have 12, 13 verses uh, dealing with the resurrection. Now, all of these accounts are eyewitness testimonies, but what's interesting is they all are slightly different. They, they differ in, in some uh, uh, technicalities in the narrative. For example, two women are referenced by Matthew by name. Uh, the women, three women in Mark, uh, the same two, which is Mary, uh, the mother of James, and Mary Magdalene, and also Salome. Um, so the question is, why even bring up that they're they're different, that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all have slightly different accounts, even though they're eyewitness accounts. Well, I'm glad you asked. And the reason is, is, is that uh, if you have, know anybody in the legal system, they'll tell you that when it comes to eyewitness accounts, when you've got two or three people giving testimony about what they saw and what they heard, if they're exactly the same, uh, then we're a little cautious about taking that, that testimony as fact. It sounds like it's too rehearsed, like it's been planned. But actually, if they see things a little bit differently, uh, that actually uh, provides some credibility uh, to their account. Um, so this testimony is an eyewitness account that's a little bit different, but it has some of the same exact same point of the resurrection stories. There's two points to it. Number one is that the tomb is empty. And the second thing, in all four of the accounts, it's the women that go on, on Sunday morning, on Resurrection Day, early in the morning, and discover that Jesus has vacated the tomb. Hallelujah. So my scripture today is taken from the Gospel of John. And I thought it would be good, actually, to take a look at the Gospel of John, because in the Gospel of John, the focus is a little bit different. And we encounter the uh, testimony of Mary Magdalene. Mary is mentioned by name at the beginning of three of the four Gospels. So it's Mary Magdalene that is in all of these Gospels. And the title of my message today is simple. It's to hear his voice to hear his voice. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the most thoroughly documented, fully investigated, and evidentiary conclusive event in, in all of antiquity. There is a man named Simon Greenleaf that lived in the 19th century. He was American scholar, American clergyman, and he was one of the greatest experts in judicial testimony ever. He wrote a book, and his book was called The Testimony of the Evangelist, in which he recounts the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ 
along with the hundreds of eyewitness accounts. Now his view, his conclusion, was that in the New Testament lines up evidentiary uh, better than any other account in antiquity. In fact, the evidence that's presented in the New Testament of the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, would hold up even today. And by even today, and that's important because there's no statute of limitations on murder. So the evidence we have in the New Testament today would be, uh, would be enough basically to provide eyewitness account and verifiable evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, so today, so I could bore you with all kinds of statistical relevant forensic evidences, but I want to focus on Mary Magdalene because I believe from the simple story of Mary Magdalene at the tomb, we can learn something uh, that may have a far greater impact uh, on those of us that already understand the resurrection account. We believe firmly that Jesus rose from the dead, just as he said he would. Uh, that's why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. So as we begin this discussion today on Mary Magdalene, I think I need to, I need to clear up any misconceptions we may have of Mary Magdalene. Now she is first referenced in the Gospel accounts of Luke in Luke 8, where Luke records that along with the apostles called the Twelve, there were other women that traveled along with Jesus. And the quote was, some woman who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, including Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Now, there's a number of women that are named Mary in the New Testament that interacted with Jesus. Now, that, that's understandable because uh, Mary is actually an Arabic Miriam, who was the sister of Moses. So many women and many men named their little girls Mary at the time that, that Jesus was born. So in the New Testament, we had Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, Mary, the mother of James, Mary of Bethany, uh, the sister of Lazarus, and of course, Mary Magdalene. And of course, the last one was Mary, mother of John Mark. Now, contrary to, uh, to some, Mary Magdalene was not, she was not a prostitute. There was a woman that was unnamed that was caught in the act that Jesus dealt with, but scholars dismiss any idea that that was Mary Magdalene. Secondly, regardless of what movie or book you've read, uh, especially the one by Dan Brown, the author of Da Vinci Code, uh, he portrayed Mary Magdalene as the wife of Jesus. Now, she was not the wife of Jesus, nor did she and Jesus have children that emigrated eventually to southern France. The Mary Magdalene that we're talking about today is referenced about a dozen times in the New Testament. She was a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. In many ways, she was just like the apostles in many ways. In fact, I'll get to that later. Um, unlike the apostles, she didn't run. She stayed there on Calvary when, when Jesus was, was crucified. She stayed there with Mary, the mother of Jesus. And she was there at the tomb early on Sunday morning. So let's look at our scripture today. In the gospel account of John, Mary Magdalene had come early to the place where the Lord had been laid, and he was not there. He was missing. And she had no idea where he was. So she ran and told Peter and another disciple. They came running to find that what she said was true. They left and Mary was left weeping at the tomb. And this is where we pick up our scripture today. We're in John chapter 20 beginning in verse 11. 
But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So we see Mary weeping. You know, she loved Jesus. She had fouled him. She was there not only for his ministry, but she was there for his trial and his crucifixion. She was at the tomb, and she was there not at the tomb to witness the resurrection, but the Gospels say that the women were there actually to finish the Jewish preparation for burial. Now, just prior to this, she had run and told Peter and John, and they had run to the tomb. They examined the evidence, and the Gospels say that John had believed um, however, at the same time, while the Apostle John was persuaded when he saw the empty tomb, uh, neither Mary nor Peter at that time had fully embraced uh, the gospel account that Jesus would rise from the dead. So Mary was distraught. She wept because she knew that Jesus was missing, and she did not have the confidence at that time to understand that Jesus had risen from the dead. So as a result, she wept. Her tears fell. The scripture says, as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb. You know, Mary wanted to see what Peter and John had saw, had seen. She, may, she wanted to make her own examination. Yet a little time had passed, perhaps a few moments, maybe just a couple of minutes, the time between Peter and John's um, examination of the tomb and Mary's. And Mary saw something different, according to the gospel account. Scripture says she saw two angels in white, sitting. Now, we don't know what Mary's reaction would have, was, but Mary doesn't seem to have any fear, nor even shock that there were two men sitting in the tomb. It's obvious she likely did not immediately perceive that they were even angels. You see, it really didn't matter to Mary. She was razor-focused on her task, and her task was to, to find Jesus. It was her only thought. Her heart was pounding because she needed to find the Lord. We can see her intent and her hope from her answers to the angel who said, Woman, why are you weeping? Mary replied, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, I'm not sure exactly what she meant by they, they the, or the gospel says they, they have taken away my Lord. Whatever it was that she thought had happened, resurrection likely was not one of the possibilities that she was considering. And so in the next verse, she'll turn around and see Jesus standing there, but she will not recognize him. Her eyes were full of tears. The sun hadn't risen yet. For whatever reason it is, she doesn't recognize the risen Lord. So the scripture continues, verse 14. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Now, this makes sense. You know, at first she thought Jesus was the gardener. Now, remember, Jesus' tomb was in a garden, and it's early in the morning. Who else but a gardener may be making his way around the garden at that time in the morning? Notice that Jesus says exactly the same thing that the angel said. He says, woman, why are you weeping? And then Jesus adds, whom are you seeking? 
You know, I love it. Uh, twice Mary is asked why she is weeping. First by the angels and then by Jesus. You know, Mary didn't know it, but this time of weeping and mourning is over. Just this week we had a celebration of life service for one of the saints that we work with, one of the residents that had passed away, and she was in her 90s, but she was also a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And as a result, we, we celebrated her life. The Apostle Paul uh, told the Thessalonians, he says, now we do not want you to be uninformed believers about those who sleep. Um, we don't want you to grieve like other people who have no hope. And the Apostle Paul continues, he says, you may, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, lest you should mourn as others who have no hope. So Jesus says, Mary, why are you weeping? Mary, you don't need to grieve like the other people who have no hope. Mary was seeking Jesus. But Mary, you don't need to mourn. You don't need to weep. And so we pick up in the middle of verse 15. It says, She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him. But the, here's what, this is what I want to focus on. In verse 16, Jesus said, he said to Mary, she turned around and said to him, she said, Jesus turned around and said, Mary. Mary turned around and said, Rabboni, that is, teacher. Can you imagine? Mary heard his voice. You know, her eyes were filled with tears, and your eyes can actually play tricks on you. Maybe you've experienced that. You think you see something, but then you realize it's, it's not what you actually thought you saw. However, your ears are not like that. You can hear a voice, and immediately we know the person. We recognize the person not because of what we see, but because of what they say. You know, a few years ago, my wife and I were over at Disney Springs, and we were walking around with the crowd, and it was actually a pretty crowded day. And then suddenly we heard a, a woman's voice. And immediately my wife and I looked at each other, and we said, that's Linda. We, we knew Linda's voice. It was a woman that we had served with together at a, a church in the Pittsburgh area. And here it was maybe eight to ten years later. We hadn't talked to Linda during that time. We had sent her some notes and, and uh, emails, but we hadn't really talked to her. But as soon as she started talking, we could hear her, and we knew exactly who it was. We, we recognized her. You know, Mary had been with Jesus for years. She had walked with him. And like the twelve, she had listened to him uh, tell stories about the kingdom. No doubt Jesus had even said her name, Mary. She loved Jesus, and Jesus loved her as well. So Mary was in the tomb at the garden and was looking for Jesus. She had been weeping, but when she heard that familiar voice that she loved and that she trusted, a voice she recognized, a voice of someone who recognized her, her voice, his voice immediately was recognized. It was, it was, at, at, it was when she heard his voice, and she immediately called out, Rabboni, meaning teacher. She likely was with Jesus when he spoke of the good shepherd who will lay down his life for his sheep. It's one of the parables that Jesus told. It's one of the stories that Jesus told, and he likely told it often. It's recorded in John chapter 10. Jesus says, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls out his sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all out on his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. That's 
John chapter 10 verses 3 and 4. What Jesus said about the Good Shepherd, what Jesus said to Mary, is true for us as well. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. You'll recognize the voice of Jesus. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. Jesus said that because of because that he's the good shepherd, the good shepherd will lay his down, down his life for his sheep. And here's the thing. You may not know the voice of Jesus at present, but you will recognize it when Jesus calls your name. And here's the good news. Jesus will never, never forget your name. Jesus died for you just as he died for me. He suffered and died on the cross for you. He defeated death so that you too will have eternal life. You too someday will join the resurrection of all the saints. For you, Jesus has conquered death. So let's finish up this wonderful text this morning with the last two verses in John chapter 20, verses 17 and 18 of our text today. Jesus said to Mary, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am sending to the Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things to her. Remember earlier I said that Mary Magdalene was like one of the apostles? Even though there were twelve and they were all men, she was very much like an apostle. An apostle, in the most literal sense, is an emissary. It's from the Greek apostolos, and it literally means the sent one, or one who is sent. But Jesus, in the text we read, sent Mary to talk to the apostles and tell him what Jesus was up to. Mary was sent by Jesus, and she had an important message. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and, and, uh, and your God. Jesus called Mary by name. He heard her voice and he sent her to tell the others. Jesus knows our name. He will call us by name and we are to tell the others. That's our message today for Easter. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to uh, tell others of the gospel message that Jesus rose from the dead. We thank you, Lord, for Resurrection Sunday. It gives us great hope. We know that we have... You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.